Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. We, we are here, Kurt Francis. You classify yourself as a chief transvigorator. Absolutely, yeah. I, I used to call myself the chief invigorator. But what I realized, I actually trademarked the name transvigorate because, you know, I mean, invigorate is great, right? It means, you know, you give energy, give strength, that kind of thing, galvanize something, shock something into action, not just to go to like a seminar and get excited and not do anything with it. But trans has got a permanence about it. If somebody transports something like FedEx or UPS, when you transport something, it's like, it's permanent. FedEx doesn't think, well, I'm going to bring you back again or whatever. It's permanent. When you transport something or ship something, it's permanent. FedEx doesn't want to come back to you. They, they, they want to leave it there, right? If you transmit information, like transgender is permanent. No one's going to change, have a, a gender change, and then five years later, oh, let me go back to what I was. No, there's a permanence about it. So transvigorate. How do we permanently keep on consistently invigorating ourselves that we give ourselves strength to take action, to achieve the results, the outcomes that we really desire. That's what it's about. So it's about what strategy do we do that? How do we reposition ourselves in a place that we're growing and we want to move closer to our goals? So that's what it's really about. Let, let's dive into your history. I mean, if and everyone listening right now, if, if you're not going to, you haven't picked it up yet. Uh, Kurt has a lot of energy when he talks, a lot of energy. Like when you see him, this is not just basically for show. This is all the time. He's like the Energizer Bunny. And we're going to get back into where all this came from. Where did all this excitement come from? You're from uh, South Africa, right? That's right, which makes him an African-American without a tan. Walk me through. So tell me about like a, a young Kurt Francis, kind of where where you come up? Where did this excitement come from? Kind of walk us through it. I lo- lo- love the question. You know, firstly, um, I am incredibly dyslexic. Cannot see the difference between a three and an E or a B and a D and a, and a six and a nine. I can't even see the difference, right? That's why I have keyboards and I have computers. They were designed for me, so I know where things are, right? And uh, so I, I battled at school, struggled. Uh, you know, people thought I was rebellious. There's no testing for dyslexia in South Africa at that time. So, you know, teachers just... Uh, you know, labeled me stupid, things like that, whatever. And uh, my sister, even you heard tell the story, it's crazy, right? So I always, I always had struggled. I thought I was dumb. I was told I was stupid at school. I was told that I wouldn't amount to anything. I was told I was rebellious because I, I wouldn't stand in front of a class and speak or anything like that. So I've had all these challenges. But the thing is when I realized that, you know, I am much more than that. I am much more than what the way people saw me. And I started believing in myself. And then the message, when, you know, once we get a message, then there's nothing stopping us, right? There's no, when we believe in a message, and so I had a lot of those struggles at the beginning. But uh, that was in South Africa. So we're, so I mean, okay, when you're told you're an idiot, you're told that you're, you're fat, you're told that you're something, right? Yeah. Constantly over time, right? You, it's a reaffirming belief. Oh, so how do you overcome that reaffirming belief? How do you overcome that idea that you're not stupid, that you actually are smart? That you're you're not what other people said you are. That's that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Such a powerful question because a lot of people never get over this. And thank heavens I, I have it. Belief has been my biggest struggle in my life, believing in myself. Because there are four master influences that we've got. 
It's number one, and I call it the bike, B-I-C-E, okay? B is for belief, self-belief, okay? And the I is image, self-image, which is very different to, to belief, right? It, it, it's, 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 we've got to be able to see it. That's a self-image, right? C is self-confidence, and that is skills. So how do we increase that? We've got to improve our skills, no matter what, you know, what we, what we, where we are. To get, to get confidence, we've got to improve our skills, and E is esteem, the way we feel, self-esteem. So you're dealing with what you see, what you feel, okay? Belief is all about expectation. If you expect that you can do it or not, that's, that's belief. So it's belief. It's, uh, I call it the bike, B-I-C-E, B, belief. I is for the image. C is for confidence. And E is esteem. So we've got to work on all these things. Now, now our tongue is the most powerful muscle in our body. We think we can pack, you know, pick up 300 pounds or whatever. No, the biggest muscle in our body is our tongue, the biggest muscle. We think our tongue was designed to have 10,000 taste buds, to tell you whether it's salty, sweet, or sour. Or we think our tongue is there to manipulate the food, prepare for digestion, or protect us from toxins. No, the, your tongue was given to you as a catalyst. And the catalyst releases the four most powerful drugs on this planet. In fact, heroin, cocaine is nothing without these four drugs. In fact, you could take cocaine. If you didn't have the four th- chemicals in you, it would do nothing. So the four chemicals, I call it the daily dose, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And your tongue is the catalyst to release those powerful chemicals. So you've got those powerful chemicals in you already. And that's one of the most powerful things is, is self-affirmation, speaking great things over yourself, seeing them, feeling those words, okay, that is the greatest thing. And everybody can go through this, but every single person, because I remember where I used to be, and I'm, thank heavens I'm not where I, you know, I used to be, but thank, I'm not where I really want to be still, but it's, our tongue is the most powerful thing. Because even if you see people that never can never stop talking, right, often because they're feeling so bad about themselves, they've got to feel better, so that's why they do the talking. But if we can talk great things about ourselves. So, so let's, let's dive back, back into you. I mean, if, if you're getting told all these negative things, who was that person? Who, you mean, because I'm, I'm assuming at a young age, you didn't just come up with the epiphany that you have to say affirmations no, exactly. and believe in yourself. There's probably someone that you looked up to or someone that you found out or some life event that, that made you go, hey, you know what? I need to change the way I look at myself. Absolutely. So firstly, my mother, I mean, she believed in me when I didn't believe in myself, right? And then when I started seeing the way she saw me and always believed in me, always said great things, and, and she was a massive encouragement to me. And when I started really understanding what you're saying and started practicing, that was the big hurdle, uh, you know, to, just to get over. And uh, because I didn't believe what my mother believed about me. I didn't see the things that my mother saw about me, but she saw, but I didn't. And so that, that took time. A lot, a lot, a lot of time. It, it didn't happen over one night. It never does. But then you start, you know, remember, I battled to read. I've never finished re- reading a book in my life. I've never read a whole book. Okay. It's crazy. I do a lot of audio books. So audio books started being really impacting my life, especially when they became popular. So I do a lot of audio books. And then, you know, the big thing is what I experienced from a guy called David uh, uh, McClendon, Dr. Dave McClendon was a social psychologist at Harvard University. And he said something that I, when I first heard, I didn't believe it. And in fact, I'm writing, you know, my, my next book as, as on exactly that, that stuff. And uh, it's, he said this, 95% of your failures 
or 95% of your successes comes from one thing. And I, I said, this is ridiculous. When, he, when I first heard it, I thought, this is ridiculous. Meantime, he had done 30 years of this at Harvard University as a professor. 95% of your success and failure come from the people you hang out with. And I'll tell you what now. I started changing the, the people that I hang out with. I started looking for people that I wanted to become. And that's a massive thing that helped me change in my life. So when was that when you when you allowed yourself to change? Because audiobooks, I mean, that's more of a, a I mean, when the audiobooks are coming out? Oh. Was that audiobooks late well, 90s? Or? I, yeah, but I, I pre-audiobooks was like tapes. I just, just listened to tapes, oh, okay. motivational stuff, and things like that. You know, um, and, 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 and a guy called Rabbit was a, one guy that affected my life massively. He's dead now today. But uh, different things, what people said, I, I would listen to. I would buy tapes. I would... I would get anything I could find that would motivate me and inspire me. And, uh, you know, I will never forget what happened. Um, I was in Chicago, still living in South Africa. And I just landed in Chicago. And I was staying at youth hostels. I was young. I was, I was staying at a youth hostel. And the youth hostel didn't open until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was freezing. It, 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 I was so cold. I'd never come from Africa. I, I didn't even have the proper clothes. And I, and I walked in this coffee shop and I fell asleep and the guy threw me out. I just thrown in from Boston. And then I found a, a bookstore and I walked in this bookstore and there was a book and it was called All You Can Do Is All You Can Do But All You Can Do Is Enough. That's the title of it. All You Can Do Is All You Can Do But All You Can Do Is Enough. I'm like, what a long title. This is crazy. And I looked at it and I actually bought it. Now, I didn't read very well, but that book was was written very simply. And as an insurance guy, I'm a school teacher. And his whole life changed. He started this company called A.L. Williams. And that was one of the first books that I actually, um, you know, and, and that got me going. This guy, I took it back to South Africa and his young guy. And, and so different people have a different things, but it was different people that changed my life, watching their lives. So how old were you when, when that happened? I was 24 years old. I was 24 years old. And I still remember it, it was, it was um, uh, it was April 1990, April 1990, and I'll never forget the day walking into that that thing, and that was a massive change. Even that I'd never read the whole book, but I read parts of, and I tell you, he grabbed me, he he grabbed me, and then I realized, but I I've I don't have to be the person that I've always been. I can I can change, I can change. So in South Africa, you're dyslexic. You did you finish high school? I did, yeah. And then what did you do after high school? And uh, I, I, I tried to go to university. I, I didn't make it. I didn't make it. And then I was in the military for two years because all white South Africans had to go to the military two years. And uh, I ended up spending time in Angola fighting, fighting Russians and, uh, and um, that kind of thing in Angola. You know, just about, it was all about communistic war. And uh, from then, uh, my life started to change a lot. And eventually coming to the United States, um, I started believing myself a lot more. I was 33 years old when I moved here. And uh, and then, you know, just one develops and grows. And it's because of people and what you read and what you put in the mind. But I don't care, I don't care, you know, I don't care what disabilities anybody's got. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We can all overcome if we really want to and pay the price. And it does take time, but it's great. Anybody can. I encourage every single person not to be satisfied with the level that they are at. You were, um, 
I, I, I remember you telling me something that you were living, you had to live on the street for a little while or were you, or something like that? Or is that not correct? No, 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 no uh, sleeping on a bench, park bench now. Except in strange places, but um, I've never been homeless. Thank heavens. But I've been close. I mean, I've been close to, you know, I've gone through some tough times. Absolutely. You know, I mean, when I moved to the United States, I wasn't sure where I was going to stay. Really, I I wasn't sure, you know, and I've had, I mean, when I came to, when I came to, when I moved to San Diego, I had $800 in my pocket and a Yule trailer or Yule, you know, behind my Jeep. And, uh, and I couldn't even get a, I couldn't get a place to stay because no one wanted to rent a place to somebody who didn't have a job. You know, I didn't have a job. And that's a, this is a big thing that I had. And I, I, I got the Reader magazine at a Starbucks and I looked at a place and I called the guy up and he said, his name was Nelson Montanese. He lives here in San Diego. And I went to go look at it and I said, you know, we'd like to take it, but, um, you know, I don't have a job. And But I said, well, I don't rent places out here. Anybody who doesn't have a job. And I said, no, I'm not asking you to rent your place to me. He said, well, then why, why, why are you speaking to me? I said, what I'm asking you to do is go home tonight and he has a copy of all my vehicles, lease payments. He has a copy of all that and uh, all the bills that I've paid. He has, he has my um, your bank statements. He has my social security number. These, this is all the places that I've stayed. And I'm going to ask you tonight, will you call them and speak to them that if I'd ever missed a rent in, in four years ever, and I want you just to talk to them, and then I'll call you tomorrow morning. And uh, my question to you is, you know, is is do you think my reputation is important to me? I said, you know, because it is. And the next day he called me, and and I said, I, well, I mean, I called him at ten o'clock the next morning, and I said, did you call him? He said, yes, I did. And he said, wow. And I said, now I'm going to ask you. I'm asking you to rent your place to me. It's a one-bedroom condo in Muramesa. Muramesa. And, uh, and I said, now I'm going to ask you that. And he said, Kurt, I've never done this before, but I feel to take a risk on you. And years later, I called him back, you see. And I said, do you remember me? He said, oh, Kurt, I'll never forget you. I'll never forget you. And uh, I, I, never, I had a tough time. I had a tough time. I mean, you, coming from South Africa, you, can't even get, you couldn't get a cell phone that time because you got no credit. I mean, you, you can get this is nothing, you know, and so you've got to start off really small. And so, you know, I, I've had my struggles. Yeah, absolutely. So, how many people said no to you when you were calling for rents? When you were oh, everyone. Oh, I don't know, fifteen. I mean, they're not interested. They're just not even interested. And I learned I do I do up my game. How do I handle the objection? How do I how do I handle the objection of well the objection? I'm, I'm gonna, you know, this is who I am. This is my history. This is my reputation. And do you think I'm willing to lose my reputation of your condo? You, you, uh, you teach and you and you coach, right? With the idea that it's who you surround yourself with. Being that you're a new person to a new community, what do you suggest to other people? What do you teach other people to get around the right people? Because you had to get around the right people to find a job in San Diego and kind of grow that way, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Look, that's a great question, right? Firstly, you've got to identify what you want to do and what you want to become. You've got to be very, very clear on that. What do you want to do and what do you want to become? And secondly, that you've got to get out there, get on the phone, or go up to them and do whatever you can. You know, the, the thing is connect with them on social media. is a powerful platform. Start to have a conversation. Even LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the most powerful. Look, I don't consider LinkedIn as social media. It's very, very different. But LinkedIn is one of the most powerful mediums a lot of people don't know. 
And my LinkedIn has really helped me tremendously. Even this last two years, um, a, a friend of mine in Austin, Texas, who's a, a, a guru and somebody that you would love to have on here, um, he said to me, Kurt, your, your LinkedIn profile sucks. And I said, what do you mean? I thought it was really good. He said, no, it's not good. So I've actually, I've actually brought him in to really help some of my clients um, in, a, in a big way. And I made one change, uh, or, or kind of one big change, for example, my profile with people I wanted to connect to. And within a few days, I'd sold another program for $5,000 just for the little changes. So LinkedIn is a powerful platform that we can connect. And I think one of the first things is connect with people on, on social media. Do you know a guy in Seattle, um, Thatch One? That's one. He's uh, he's a big real estate guy, and uh, he spoke. Um, I heard. I got. I got. A, I got a, a CD with him on the, on the law of attraction, and I said, "Where is this guy?" And he said, "No, this guy is actually in in Seattle." And I was going to be going up the next six months to do a half Ironman triathlon in Seattle, and I contacted him and I said. You know, that's Kurt Francis from San Diego. You know, I'm interested, but I want to talk to you. I'm, I'm coming to Seattle. Can I please have lunch with you? And he just said, yes. I'm like, what? So sometimes, you know, and then we had a phenomenal lunch together and it was great. And so sometimes you just got to step out. I mean, let me give you an example, okay? Let me give you an example. Is that I wanted to spend time with Dr. Art. And guess what's happening? In August, I'm spending four, four days with Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew. And the real guy from Patch Adams, that the real doctor, in at CNN, in 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 August. That's what I'm doing, and you know it's come about. And so sometimes you've got to write it down, know what you want to go and do, and do it. You know, I spoke at at the Million Dollar Accelerator at Nasdaq. I mean, and you know, I became 75 feet tall on the jumbotron. Never, you know, years ago when I was 24 years old, 30 years ago. When I was walking in Times Square, I never imagined that one day I would be on one of these big screens. I never imagined that. And uh, you know, two years ago, I spoke at spoke at Nasdaq, and you know, and I spoke at the Harvard Club of Boston, and I did all these different things. And I was at CNN for four days, five nights, and, and, and that's another gig. I tell you, Vinny, that that when we want something and we determine to go and get it, and we write it down, and we we build a plan and a strategy. How do you have what action steps to make it happen? We can do anything we want to do. So once you have the idea of what you want to do, what do you see are the next steps? Like let's say someone's listening right now, right? And they have an idea of what they want to do. Sure. How do they work their way backwards to go, okay, this is a step I gotta do? Like, what did you do to get on these platforms, to to be a speaker on these platforms? What did you what kind of steps did you take? I, firstly, I love your question, okay? Because this is about reverse engineering. You said backwards. I like the way you said that. And it's, it's all about reverse engineering. So where do you want to go? And then the, always three things, okay? Build a strategy, a system, and a process, okay? And sometimes your first strategy doesn't work out, okay? But if you don't build that first strategy and then build the systems of what you're going to do, where's it going to be email, social media, where's it going to call, is it going to phone, is it going to call 10 times, 20 times, 100 times? Until you get, I mean, where's, where's uh, the thing? Yeah, I've got this thing, yeah. Okay, how many no's? How many no's do I say per, per day to myself? Being that this is on audio, we're probably not going to use a video, but to give them an idea of what basically Kurt's showing, he's showing basically a laminated paper that it has a bunch of boxes on there. What is that, 100 boxes, 50 boxes, or what is that? 
33, 33 nose. 33, 33 boxes, and basically he check marks with a, a yellow, uh, a blue, uh, orange marker of how many nose he's getting. Yeah. And I do this. And, uh, and well, first, this side is how many nose I give myself. No to, you know, sleeping late. No to pressing the, the sleep snooze button. The other side is how many no's I'm getting every day. And if we're not getting enough no's, we're not going to get the yeses. So we don't want to count the no's. We just want to look at the yeses. And that's our big problem, Vinny. Uh, we've got to look at counting the no's. How many no's do we get? And if we want to get something or somewhere, we're going to have to get some no's. And it's not rejection. It's just that we're waiting for the next one. Somewhere the yes is going to come. A friend of mine tells a story of his blind friend who's, who's blind. And even if he hits the, the bat a hundred times, eventually he's going to hit the ball. And, you know, and, and one of our programs called Transvigorate now, it's called, I've called it Transvigorate. And basically that really, really helps people in, in, in changing the way they think about themselves because often we just want the yeses and we only focus on the yeses. But we've got to, we've got to be willing to, to, to get the no's. You know, we have to. And, so the thing is, build a strategy, number one. Build a strategy, build the system, what systems you can use, and then the processes. Okay, those are the three, three things. Then I want to take it up a notch, and I'll say, we've, you know, we've got to build predictable strategies, predictable systems, predictable processes that's going to give us predictable results. Okay? The problem is too many people have got unpredictable strategies, they've got unpredictable systems, they've got unpredictable processes that give us unpredictable results. So when we're thinking like that, we've got to try and assume, and it's, 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 we're going to lose some. We don't, we don't win everyone. We know that, right? We're going to lose a lot. But we're going to get some wins when even you lose. And we, you know, you know if we, we, we only succeed once we've failed a number of times. I've failed so much in my life. It's crazy. It's crazy. And what was your, yeah. if you could look back, what, what do you think is like the biggest quote unquote fail, the biggest time that you got basically kicked in the, in the gut and you're just like, what am I doing? Was there a moment that you, you can uh, trace back and say, that was a tough time. I was able to fight myself through that. Um, wow. When I, you know, I, I lost a property once and that was, that was the biggest thing. And it was of a lawsuit of a parking place. Okay, um, disabled parking place was assigned to my unit, and, and and I lost more money than I made on that whole thing. It was a t- it was a terrible thing when you lose your home because of a lawsuit of a specific parking place that shouldn't have been assigned to you, that was assigned to me, and blah 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 blah. That that was a time of the most shattering time I've ever gone through in my life, and and um, I've you know I've had many things you know, and I, I perhaps people say, well, do your homework properly. Well. It was the first property I was buying in the United States, and I didn't I didn't know those things. And uh, um, you know I could have. It was a it was a big lawsuit, twenty six attorneys, blah 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 blah. But um, I learned a lot through the process. Even you know when you buy property right now, and uh, you know you make your money when you buy it, not necessarily when you sell it. But different processes. I've also you know I've 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 signed up for different programs, and uh, I've lost a lot of money. I've you know to learning. Um, you know, when you learn different things and you make mistakes. And the thing is that, but those mistakes, you never forget. You know, you never forget. And we're scared to take risks. And sometimes it's okay to even take a risk and even lose. It's okay because you learn so much in the things that you lose, right? But never give up. Never stop. Always get up. My mother used to tell me, I started walking long before I should have. 
You know, I was too small. And I would fall, but I would always get up and get up. And she said, and she said that's always the way you've been. And uh, always getting up no matter what, what happens. Like when COVID-19 happened, and I, I made a decision. I said, COVID-19 is going to be the best thing ever for me in my life, ever, in my business, ever. And my business came to a screeching halt, right? Um, with, with, because especially with some of the programs that, that I sell, they are more high-end programs. And uh, what I do to reposition entrepreneurs to take their lives to, you know, and their business to another whole new level, something that I learned. And so, um, and, and, you know, I learned through some mistakes and some of these programs that have come up is because of what I went through. And, and some of those things happen by mistake. And that's when you, you know, you do well. But I, I, when COVID-19 hit us, I said, I said, this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to me, ever. And, and, and I went through a rough time. It does, we all did it. The world, we're still going through it. But I say that this is the best thing ever happens. And again, I think, again, it's, I, you see, I say you don't get mindset. Mindset's a lie. The only day you and I will ever have a mindset is the day we dead. Because we are created. Gary Keller proved this, you know, in his book on the one thing. Um, they, when, when they did tests on people sitting at computers, they found out that people change windows 38 times per hour. 38 times per hour people change windows. Why? Because they they because they inquisitive. They, 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 there's always something new coming into them and they would drop what they're doing and they would change a window. 38 times per hour people sitting on computers change change windows. And and when you know, and I'll never forget them speaking about that. And I, you know, became a certified trainer for the one thing book. But that thing impacted me, and I realized we don't have a mindset. Your mind, the, the only day your mind will ever be set is the day you are dead. Your mind is always looking for new stuff, always. That's why breaking news on CNN or any of these things are, are so great. So how do we do that in our, in our mind? We've always got to keep on looking for, for what's coming up, what opportunities are coming up. And uh, it's not mindset, it's mind direction. How do, we, how do we redirect our mind all the time to be focused, to keep on doing what we've got to do, whatever. And you know, you, you're a master of that. You're a master of that. Wow. The comments won't. Uh, uh, the comments are, are great, and I appreciate that. And don't worry, I'll get that five dollars to you uh, later today. <laughs> hey, so Kurt, uh, talking about your positive mindset, talking about basically, I mean, kind of pushing through it. I mean, I, I would love to hear what you'd have to say to basically that young kid. Um, I mean, back back in I mean elementary, where the teachers are telling him you're you're an idiot because you're dyslexic. I mean, what kind of advice would you give to that young kid that that we were talking about previously in South Africa. What I would say is other people's opinion of you is not even your business. So when people give their opinion of you, it's none of your business. Don't even listen to them. Be very careful of the people that you listen to. Be very, very careful of the people that you listen to. And, and I really believe that. Find people that are going to believe in you and you listen to them. Your friends will pull you down. Your even family will pull you down sometimes. But, uh, you know, if you've got a great family, listen to your mom and dad because they really care about you. But there's some parents, let's be real, there's some parents that don't care about their kids. And I don't like talking about that, but this is the truth. I've worked with a number of youth. I've worked with, with youth here in San Diego where at 14 years old he was kicked out of his home. And I, about two, three weeks ago I spent some time chatting to a young guy on the streets in San Diego and where the family don't care about him. And he asked me a very similar, what advice would you give me? 
And it's 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 people going to speak bad things of us and our friends are and our school people, neighbors, everything. But we've got to determine what we want to become, what we want to do. And we've got to start finding the people there. You may not find the right person the first day or first week, but keep on searching because and find people that want to help you. And, you know, even if you look at Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs as a young kid, he picked up the phone in San Francisco and called um, Hewlett Packard, Mr. Packard, or Mr. Hewlett or Mr. Packard, whatever, or HP. And Mr. Packard picked up his phone. He couldn't believe it. And, and Steve Jobs was a kid. And Steve Jobs asked him, listen, yeah, I'm trying to build this. Can you help me? And Mr. Packard said, sure. And he helped him. So actually, Hewlett Packard really helped Steve Jobs, actually, really started as a kid. And, and, you know, I love those kind of stories that we've got to always ask. I'll never forget a guy I met. I'm a very good friend of mine from Texas. I said, I said, Jeremy, tell me about your top salesman in, the, in your whole company that you work for. He said, oh, it's, actually, this, he, this guy doesn't live too far from you. He's in Southern California. And I said, well, could we do, could we do a conference call? He said, uh, maybe, but what do you want to speak to him about? I just want to, just want to learn from him. And uh, so we got on a conference call. We started chatting. And he said, well, why don't you just drive up to Laguna Niguel and spend time with me one Saturday afternoon? And I did that. And he told me a story. He said, you know, he went through a terrible divorce. And he said, Kurt, I had to make money. I had to bring an income. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I joined this company. And he said, I asked, I asked 500 people in the first year. And I got 450 no's. And he said, thank heavens for the 450 no's. Because it was the 50 that I got that allowed me to launch. And he said, I was getting $5,000 a month. And then the second year, I, the, the, the second year, he said, I went to $100,000 a month. He said, and the third year, I don't know, you know, he was going crazy there. And he said, he never imagined it. So I think we've got to ask people, we've got to ask if you're a young kid and if you are at school or college or whatever, you, you know, you may not have the great family, you may, may, may be in poverty, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, what your color skin, it doesn't matter your language, nothing matters. What does matter is don't be scared to ask. Ask for help. Like I had to, I didn't really know where I was going to stay in San Diego. And I had to keep on asking people. And Nelson Mandela, I didn't Nelson Mandela, Nelson Montanese gave me an opportunity to rent that condo. And I never missed a payment. I never missed a rent payment. And I, I never forget, I moved in Benita, the first night. And I can still see the can still see the popcorn on the ceiling. And I started shivering. What have I done? What have I done? How can I pay for this? I was like nervous. And then you know what else happened? He said then I said, Oh, there's one I mean, this after he said yes. And I've got a picture of the yellow bench of me sitting on there. And I said, uh, Mr. Montanese, I've got one one other problem. He said, What's that? I said, I cannot pay the deposit. I cannot pay the deposit, but I'll pay you in five weeks. And like he just looked at me and and I said, please, can you have it? And he looked at me and said, I'm going to help you. And I, I moved in without paying a deposit, hey? Paid zero deposit, moved in, and, uh, you know, so it doesn't matter. Just keep on asking. You know, if the system says no, it, no doesn't mean no. No means just you haven't found the right person yet he's going to say yes. That's all it means. So talking about asking, if someone's right now listening, they love your attitude, they love your mindset, they want to grow from themselves – What's the best way for them to reach out to you? What's the best way for them to keep track of upcoming speaking engagements you're going to have? What's the best way? You know what? You know what I'm doing now. I'm giving my cell phone number out because I don't care. 
because I will, you know, if I can find and help the right people. So I give my number out, which is 858-229-9180. 858-229-9180. And I've, I've in, thank heavens for COVID because I'd started another program called Transvigorate, which I've made it really affordable for people to get on and, and, and help them in their life, their business. And I'm really helping people all over the country now and um, outside the country as well outside of the United States, and people signed on for that. And I tell you, um, I want to help people. So get hold of me or go to KurtFrancis.com, KurtFrancis.com. And, um, yeah, there's a lot more I can say about that, Vinny. Um, no, I, yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Well, hopefully everyone listening got some great information, got some excitement. Just go out there and, and get some no's because you're going to be close to that yes. Thank you, Kurt, for being on the road to growth, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and I love what you're doing. Road to growth. I love it. I love the name, Vinny. And it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to have you in my life. Appreciate it. Again, listeners, please subscribe. Please share. Reach out to Kurt and on to the next one. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.